You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome inside the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show, Locked On Horns. Lots to get into today. But first, I just want to remind you this episode of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast is brought to you by Bill Bar. Head on over to BillBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Big show today. We had Super Bowl last night. Unfortunately, it did not go well for former Texas Longhorn Alex Okafor as they fell, along with his teammates, the Chiefs, they fell to Tampa Bay 31-9 in one of probably the most uh, boring. I, I, it wasn't exciting to me. The game was never close, honestly. It, it, it was very reminiscent of a Big 12 football game in that we watched Patrick Mahomes do everything and his teammates just let him down. It felt very much... Like he was back in Lubbock playing for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, but we're going to get into pro football focus has snubbed Bajon Robinson in their top 10 returning running backs heading into next season. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the teams that the Texas Longhorns have played, never beaten. Who's on that list? Who would you like to see eventually uh, take a loss from the Texas Longhorns? We're going to get into all that just in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the list that of PFF has put out there. Top 10 returning running backs for next season. Getting ready for the upcoming season. Starting at number 10, Frank Gore Jr. of Southern Miss. Let me just tell you, that makes me feel really old because uh, obviously his father is still playing in the NFL today. But he comes in at number 10. Number 9 is Tyler Algier, uh, BYU. And then we have Kentucky's Chris Rodriguez Jr. Number seven is Max Borgie of Washington State. Number six was a surprising to see him this low. Brees Hall, Iowa State, the nation's leading runner last year. I think he finished third in touchdowns, but he led the nation with over 1,500 yards rushing in a limited season. That is our number six through ten. Uh, starting with number five, we have Jerry on Ely of Ole Miss. Number four is Brian Robinson Jr. of Alabama. Number three, Oklahoma's Kennedy Brooks, who will be returning after opting out. Freshman of the year, Deuce Bond from Kansas State. Number two, and number one was Tank Bigsby of Auburn. And I had a lot of problem with this. Like, I understand trying to find a way to put him in there. But let's, uh, let's start from the top. I mean, 530 yards after contact this season. 220 yards after the catch this year. He averaged 8.9 yards per touch and 8.2 yards per carry. Oh, yeah, by the way, that was a Texas school record. He also set the record for yards per carry in a game at 19.1 for that game against Kansas State. He was twice named Big 12 Newcomer of the Year, or Newcomer of the Week, I'm sorry, against West Virginia. We saw that game and against Kansas State. West Virginia was kind of his coming out party. And then we saw him in the Alamo Bowl where he was named Valero Alamo Bowl Offensive MVP. With limited touches. Why did he have limited touches? I think we all know the story of that. Thanks a lot, Thomas Herman. Uh, but it, it's just, when you look at the names on here, uh, on this list, like, I can understand. Deuce Vaughn is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. 
Brian Robinson Jr. is a little bit of a shocker in that he was the backup for Najee Harris at Alabama. And while you can plug and play, it seems like, they have a running back up there every year, we saw a guy who actually did it last year. I mean, Brian Robinson played very limited because they didn't need to take Najee Harris off the field. Obviously, why would you want to? Dude was fantastic. But when you look at what Bijan Robinson does, what he means for this team, I mean, you're talking about a guy who is the highest uh, non-quarterback. If you look at the betting odds on betonline.ag, he has the highest odds for a non-quarterback. The first running back, wide receiver, whatever you want to say. It's Bajan Robinson. So how can you tell me he's one of the top guys gunning for the Heisman next season, but you don't have him on your list? I mean, I know that we, we knock PFF a lot because we don't understand how they come up with their scores, their grading. Uh, it's, it's, they keep that to themselves, which, you know, it's fine. They don't want anybody to be able to rebuild that and, and sell it or, or put that information out there without crediting them. I get that. But when, when you have something like this and you see that the way that the guy played and you saw how he played, oh, and by the way, Steve Sarkeesian, he's probably going to use him more than Thomas Herman did. So when I look at everything involved, B. John Robinson should be up there. He absolutely should be up there. And so when I look at, all, at, the, at the entire picture, that's kind of where I'm, I'm kind of like, why? I mean, uh, and, you know, and how, how can you look at that and say, that he's not one of the top guys. Uh, you know, it, it, it's shocking to me. It's shocking to a lot of people, actually, when you look at look at everything. A uh, couple of notes here. We're going to talk quick basketball notes. Uh, we have the latest coaches' polls are out. Uh, Texas, in the AP poll, is now ranked number 13 after falling out of the top 10, uh, following another loss. They lost in double overtime. Oklahoma State in the game where they they shot poorly the whole game. Uh, it, it was pretty awful. When you look at how they performed, shooting 25% from the field, they couldn't hit a three. Uh, and, and then when they got to the double overtime period, their only two points came off of two free throws from Courtney Ramey. That was their only two points as they fell to Oklahoma State in Stillwater. You know, so now they're, they're number 13. So when it comes to the Big 12 teams in, in the top 15, it, at the top is Baylor, obviously, the one of the best teams in the country. Uh, you follow that up with Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Those are the teams that are near the top in the rankings. So that's kind of where it sits right now. All right, but... Let me tell you about betonline.ag. Yeah, football season's over. Super Bowl's over. We're not going to be placing any bets there. But college basketball is in full swing. We were just talking about the Texas Longhorns. There's only one place that's got you covered, one place that we trust. We're talking betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. Talking about all the college basketball hoops coming up. And the tournament is not that far away. We're talking Big 12 tournament's going to be in March. Uh, and then NCAA tournament, March Madness coming behind that. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. All right, we're covering everything you need to know about the Texas Longhorns, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, so the NFL season is over. The Super Bowl was last night, which means that we are in draft mode, which means we're going to be talking about former Texas Longhorns getting ready for the NFL draft. Some of the names you know, we saw them in the Senior Bowl. Taquan Graham, defensive tackle. Sam Ellinger, the quarterback. You also have Joseph Asai along with Caden Stearns, Chris Brown. Brandon Eagles. There are more names that are going to be trying to get into the NFL draft. Uh, Tariq Black was another one, a transfer who didn't have the greatest season, and he was off the team by the time that the bowl game rolled around. Uh, But we're going to get into all of those guys and kind of how we see it, how it fits. Uh, But I thought this was interesting. Yeah, Joseph Asai is the guy that I want to focus on here. Before the season even began, Former uh, defensive lineman who went on to the NFL, Brian Arakpo, called him the next Nigerian nightmare. And, you know, Arakpo would know he he was a Nigerian nightmare. And then you also had Joseph Asai, who was born in Nigeria, brought over at a young age. And he learned the game of football and became a really good player at Houston. And then he came and decided to play his college football for the Texas Longhorns. We saw his coming out party last year in the Alamo Bowl against Utah. And then he had a, a bigger impact as a pass rusher this year. You know, he, he led the team in pressures and sacks, quarterback hits. I mean, he was near the top in all of those uh, categories that we measure when it comes to pass rushing. And he did fantastically. And now he's viewed as a fringe top pick in the upcoming NFL draft. And, and a lot of people have been, when putting their mocks together, putting him in the first round. He's got a lot to live up to, and I, I think that he can do it. And, and I thought it was interesting, longhornswire.usatoday.com, their editor, Cammie Griffin, had an exclusive interview with Brian Arakpo, and he talked about his advice for Joseph Asai. Uh, I do have some audio. We're going to play that audio real quick. My advice is to be completely open. And what I mean by that is be completely open is – don't put yourself in a box to be either a defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever. Be be versatile. I think the more versatile you can be, the better off um, your your career will take off, and the, and the better off you're able to stay on the field and to make the plays that you want to make. You know, a lot of times we get caught up in what what scheme is this guy fits? Um, is he a four three? Is he a three four outside backer? Is he a um, is he a, a, can he stand up and rush? Can he drop? Can he do, I say work on all your craft and things that you normally don't do well. Work on that right now to where when it's time you can impress these scouts, you can impress these teams, and they can see and these teams can see that you can do it all. So keep yourself open. We got a lot of good advice there from the former Texas Longhorn. Went on to the NFL, Brian Arakpo, when he's talking about Joseph Asai and what he can do uh, to to better himself as he gets ready to go to the NFL, through the NFL draft. I thought this was interesting. He talked about being versatile and playing not just as a pass rusher, but as a linebacker. And obviously he started out as a linebacker with some pass rush ability, but became more of a pass rush specialist this last season. 
one of the teams that we see consistently mocked with Joseph Asai has to be the Tennessee Titans. Interesting enough, that is one of Brian Arakpo's former teams that he played for. After playing for the Washington football team to start his career, he ended up going over to Tennessee and playing for the Titans. The Titans need pass rush help in the worst way. What better way to do that is to spend your first round pick on a guy who can make that kind of impact. And it seems like they're right in the range, right in the wheelhouse, where Joseph Asai is likely to be drafted. So it's a good spot for him. They need help. Uh, Harold Landry cannot be the only guy that can and pass rush. And, and as we've known, the Tennessee Titans are not afraid of adding former Texas Longers to the roster. Their tight end, Jeff Swain, was there. Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, they also, towards the end of the season, uh, brought Donta Foreman over as the backup running back. And so when it comes to former Longhorns, Tennessee Titans, along with Baltimore, are teams to look at. It could be interesting, and you could I could see a situation where he ends up going to Baltimore. Um, you know, But those are some of the teams that could use him. They need a pass rusher, and Joseph Asai is one of the better ones. Does he have the production of some of the other guys? No. Does he have the toolbox? Absolutely. You see those things. Uh, maybe it was the defensive scheme wasn't conducive uh, for the level of production that maybe some were expecting. Uh, but at the NFL level, he'll I think he'll get, you know, he'll get better uh, when it comes to his production, his development. Uh, you're, it goes without saying that at the NFL level, you're, you are going to produce better. You're going to develop better. Uh, college kind of starts that whole process, but once you get to the NFL, you have access to obviously the, the strength staff that an NFL team will provide, uh, individual coaching. You can get personal coaches. We see it all the time. He's only going to get better. And, you know, so that's that's very exciting. And, and I think, you know, Brian Arakpo was dead on with being versatile and being open to playing multiple positions. All right, but let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar absolutely changed the game when it comes to the energy bar. It's a delicious candy bar. It's the improved Built Bar that's even more delicious. 18 amazing flavors, including non-nut flavors and nut flavors. They got six new, 12 original, but actually, they actually have a seventh new flavor. We're talking about coconut brownie chunk absolutely fantastic i absolutely love it every one of these bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft easy to chew and you don't need to wash it down with a gallon of water built bar are for the healthy person the health conscious guy or woman lose or maintain weight while indulging in delicious treat what is even more fantastic is because they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber they're great for the keto diet my favorite is the peanut butter 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get 20% off your next order. Make sure you're trying that new flavor out. But again, go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code to receive 20% off your next order. All right, before we continue the conversation, we're going to start talking about Teams that the Texas Longhorns have never beat, but they have played. We're going to get into that list here in a minute. Uh, but I do want to remind you to come back tomorrow on the Lockdown Longhorns podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're going to have more of that interview with Brian Arakpo as he talked about a few things, such as Blake Gideon. He talked about the excitement level with the team. We're going to get into that on tomorrow's show. So make sure you come back. Make sure you have liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And if you 
have a question that you want answered on the show, specifically on Tuesdays. We do a Twitter Tuesday. If I have enough questions, we will ask those questions right here on the show, and I will answer them for you. So make sure you're tweeting at us at LockedOnHorns on Twitter to get your question in for the show. Uh, But let's talk about that list. So there are a total of seven teams in the FBS that the Texas Longhorns have played but never beaten. I would like to see some of these games in the future. Now, a team that maybe doesn't have, wouldn't be the same level of competition is the Syracuse Orangemen. But Texas have played them three times in their history with an 0-2 and 1 record. Their last matchup came in 1993 and resulted in a 20-21 tie. Their first ever meeting was in the 1960 Cotton Bowl in the number one ranked Orangemen handed Texas their first loss of the season that year, 23-14. That is one matchup. Maybe not a sexy matchup. People look at that and go, oh, it's just, it's Syracuse, and they're not as good on football. You know, that's still a team you want to beat. You know, you want to say that, hey, we've beaten that team. The, another team would be interesting is North Carolina State Wolfpack. What's interesting about that? Well, Tim Beck, the former quarterback coach at Texas, is now the offensive coordinator there, so it has an intriguing matchup of him going up against his former employers. Uh, They've only played once. 1999, Major Applewhite was the quarterback. He was sacked four times as the Wolfpack upset the Texas Longhorns 23-20. Another team that they've only met once. How about Virginia Tech? Uh, They met once in the 1995 Sugar Bowl. Uh, Texas was leading at halftime, but would lose after Virginia Tech scored 28 points unanswered. You know, they're another game that has to leave a sour taste in your mouth. Another team that maybe you want to beat Northwestern. How about that one? Uh, that game, a final score of three to nothing was the only win by Northwestern the year that they played, uh, that, that's a tough one. Texas had outscored their opponents 104-3 to in that stretch before Northwestern beat them. So there's another one you can add to the list. How about the Minnesota Golden Gophers? In 1936, so it's been almost 100 years. I mean, we're not that far away from it. Uh, we're talking, you know, 15 years. It'll be 100. So 85 years ago, these teams played. They were originally scheduled to play a home-and-home series in 2015, but it was canceled uh, Minnesota did defeat Texas back in 1936, 47-16. Uh, then you have Air Force. They met in the 1985 Blue Bonnet Bowl. Longhorns lost 24-16 and suffered their fourth straight bowl game loss. After they opened up the game 7-0, Air Force would outscore 24-9. Another one of those games where they got off to a good start, but it didn't finish good. Uh, South Carolina is the last team that we have here on the list. In 1957, these two teams met in the third game of the year. It was the first season under Daryl K. Royal, and Texas would lose 27-21 to in front of 37,000 fans at then Texas Memorial Stadium, now known as Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. So there's your list of seven games that the scene, or I'm sorry, seven teams The Texas Longhorns have played but never defeated and might be interesting to have them on a future schedule to to resolve that, to get a victory over those teams. That is the list that we're looking at today. You know, it's an interesting list and 
And unfortunately, I've looked at the future schedules and none of them are on there. Uh, but it would be one that they could go ahead or, or a few teams that they could go ahead and get on the list for the future. All right, as we get ready to close out the show, I, I thought this was interesting. I saw this on Sunday afternoon prior to the Super Bowl. Uh, Longhorns wire writer Shane Carter offered a question. Is Texas men's basketball coach Shaka Smart on the hot seat? We had this conversation last year, and ultimately I think the cancellation of the season might have saved Shaka Smart. Uh, he likely was going to go into the tournament, uh, given how strong they came on towards the end of the season. But this year, the Longhorns were at number six uh, with a record 11 and five, five and four after they started the season 10 and one. Uh, and, and so when you when you look at this team, there is there a level of panic? Uh, Texas hasn't had the greatest run as of late. Some of that has to do with the fact that they're dealing with COVID-19. Is that an excuse? No, it's absolutely not an excuse. Uh, but they are in the midst of a, a tough run. Not consistent play in terms of shooting has been horrible, especially in two of the last three games. But also the fact that they're not getting to play consistently because of all of the game cancellations. So we looked at it early on and we thought it was great. The Shaka Smart, the team was doing really well. Uh, we, we really pointed to the hair as a reason why they were doing well. Uh, but as far as this question, I, I don't think, as of right now, you can sit there and say he's on the hot seat. If, if the stretch continues, I think you ultimately have to have, the, have that question because if you look at it, this is one of the most talented rosters that Shaka Smart has ever had. Uh, it's just they're not getting the level of consistency and they're losing games and, and struggling with teams that maybe they shouldn't. An Iowa State team, for instance, or how about Oklahoma State, a team that you look at them outside of Cade Cunningham, they really don't have a lot. Um, but when you look at you know some of the role players on this team, a Brock Cunningham, who against Oklahoma State only had three points, but he had 10 rebounds, three assists, five steals, one block. He was Mr. Everything uh, when it came to the basketball game. So you, you have guys like that. You have Greg Brown, like we talked about, the freshman uh, standout. You have veteran guards in Andrew Jones, Courtney Ramey, and Matt Coleman. And Andrew Jones, in two of the last three games, has had absolutely terrible shooting nights. You know, I they're not hitting the three. They weren't hitting anything from the field, period. So it wasn't just that they were living and dying by the three in that game. Uh, but, you know, he hasn't played well as of late. And, you know, that's a big question. But I just think that it's I'm not going to say it's too early to have these conversations because we really had this conversation last year uh, going down the stretch. Uh, but it's definitely a topic of conversation. And I think it's a conversation that the Texas Athletic Director, Chris Gale Conte, has to have. I mean, we got to hold him to the same standards that he held Tom Herman when he decided to fire him, even though he had four winning seasons. He had four straight bowl wins. Uh, but it wasn't good enough, and we know the reasons why. Uh, you could look on the other side at the women's basketball team. Karen Alston had one of the better runs of of the basketball between the two basketball teams, but yet she still lost her job before Shaka Smart did. So if we're going to be consistent, definitely should have that conversation. And if things continue the way they're going to, they're looking as of right now. 
I think you have to make the move to make a change with Shaka Smart uh, at the head of it, considering how it's looked. But there's still plenty of time. There's still games to be played throughout the rest of the month. You have the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament. If things can get turned around, if they can get all their guys going together, if they can do some damage in the Big 12 tournament, they looked like early on like one of the better teams. If they can win an NCAA tournament game for the first time in years, uh, hadn't happened yet under Shaka Smart. Can he get his first tournament win? That's what we're looking for. That's what we want to see. And we're going to get into more basketball throughout the week. What's the latest bracketology and the future matchups for the Texas Longhorns on the court. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I want to ask you, as always, to keep it locked on. Hook them.